Good morning. Um, a quick update on my son, if um, in case you didn't see the um, note a couple of weeks ago in the uh, This Week at Montview email. Last time I was preaching, we were about to have a scan at the end of his chemotherapy to see how, um, how it had worked. And um, it's good news. Um, the scan um, shows, you know, there's, there's tissue there. They expected that. They said that won't go away. But she looked at it and said, I think that is dead tissue. Um, you know, no more chemo. Um, you get your port out in a few weeks, and we'll start doing scans pretty regularly now to um, kind of monitor it. So, you know, we'll still be holding our breath um, for a while, but um, it's good news. So, thank you. Thank you. So, thank you for all your prayers. I appreciate it. Let's pray. Loving God, as we begin this Lenten journey, journey with us, take our hand, open our hearts, and um, let us listen for your word this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, for Lent this year, uh, Clover and I uh, came up with the theme, The Mystery and Madness of Faith. I will leave the madness for Clover to deal with in her next sermon. But mystery, you may recall, was the focus of my sermon a few weeks ago, uh, entitled Nodule Love, where I talked about some fairly abstract ideas like non-dual awareness and, and learning to be both a particle and a wave. And I promised that in my next two sermons, I would offer some suggestions at a more practical level for how we experience this mystery that we call God. So today is part two of what's really a three-part sermon, and I'd like to frame my thoughts today around this story of Mary and Martha, but I have a problem. You have heard this story so many times that you can't help but hear it as a lesson about doers like Martha who, who may not be very peaceful, but they get stuff done versus beers like Mary, who are good at sitting at the feet of Jesus, but maybe aren't so helpful at the church potluck, right? But if we look closely, we will see that while it's true enough that Martha's complaint is that her sister isn't doing enough, Jesus' complaint with Martha isn't actually that she's too busy. It's that she's, quote, worried and distracted, which is different, right? After all, you can be busy without being worried and distracted, just as you can sit perfectly still, looking like you're paying attention while your thoughts are elsewhere, something that perhaps some of you are demonstrating right now. <laughs> just smile, nod at me now and then, that's, that's all I need. So I don't think this is a story about doing versus being. It's not about action versus contemplation. This is a story about worry and distraction versus being not worried, which I'm going to call trusting, and being not distracted, 
which we might call being present. Okay? So when Jesus says, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. The one thing I believe that Jesus thinks that we need is to be present to and to trust in the moment that's in front of us. This is what Mary gets right. And it's what I want to talk about today, but I have a problem. You have heard that word present, or its sister phrase, living in the present moment, so many times, from Oprah to the Wall Street Journal, that you can't help but think you know what it is. And in fact, you've probably already tried being in the present moment a time or two. Maybe you even downloaded the Calm app, made yourself a little meditation area, and you sat down all excited to learn how to be in the now, and you discovered that living in the now is really boring. <laughs> it's so boring. There's nothing happening. And so after a few minutes, you started to get antsy and then uncomfortable, and thoughts about everything other than being present came pouring in, and feeling like a failure, you went back to worrying and distracting yourself because at least it's something you know how to do. Sound about right? Yeah. I get it. Believe me. I have been there so many times. Which is why I want to ask you to trust me when I say there's something to it. There really is something there. And is it worth the trouble of figuring it out? Absolutely. One of the problems that we have, I think, is that when we try to be in the present moment, we don't really bring our thinking to a complete stop. So instead of being in the present moment, what we're really doing is, is thinking about being in the present moment. And to our thinking mind, the present moment is Yawn City, Dullville. The thinking mind wants to think. But the thing is, at that point, you are so close. What you have to do is just make one more half turn of the dial to a place where you simply become present and you don't make judgments about what's happening around you or you don't think about what's coming next. In fact, time kind of stops. You know when you're in the car and you're driving through a neighborhood and you come to a four-way stop? And if there's no other cars there, then, well, you almost stop, right? You sort of stop, but you're still moving a little bit, really, as you kind of slide through the intersection and on to the next thing, right? All right. Contrast that with how it would feel to come up to that stop sign and really stop. I mean, stop. Like, looking around at what's around you, stop. The neighbors think there's something wrong with you, stopped. It feels different, right? Can you feel that? 
That's the half turn of the dial from thinking about being present to being present. But that half turn is so hard, isn't it? We are worried and distracted by many things. And they feel so important and so powerful that to, that to break through them, I think it requires one of three things. Faith, surrender, or grace. You either find within yourself the faith to trust that whatever happens, it is ultimately going to be okay, and so you don't need to worry all the time. Or life becomes so unmanageable, so completely untenable that you give up on trying to hold it all, all the time. That's surrender. Or when you least expect it, you are given the experience of feeling totally present and alive without a care in the world for no reason whatsoever. And that's grace. I had such an experience about eight years ago. I was working in my backyard, and it was a warm October day, right? Those perfect kind of days. I was cutting cedar boards with a handsaw, and I remember the low fall sun shining through the golden leaves of our locust tree, and that smell of cedar, it was like perfume in the air. And the thought occurred to me that I could not be happier than I was in that moment. And that thought kind of changed my life. Because I realized that I wasn't doing anything particularly special. And I hadn't received some bit of good news. And I wasn't looking forward to some upcoming trip. In fact, I wasn't thinking much about me at all. The thing that was making me so happy was the beauty, the aliveness, the gift of the world around me. I think we get trained to look forward to the next special thing, the, the next vacation, the, the next gadget, the next birthday or anniversary or weekend or TV series, or, and that's fine to do. But what can happen is that, when we, is that then we expect too much of those special moments, which is why we sometimes feel a kind of uh, disappointment or an emptiness in the midst of them. And we expect too little of the ordinary days and moments in between. They become filler to us. But that day in my backyard... It was so obvious to me that every moment is a miracle and that creation itself is magical. And the closer we look at it, the more present we are to it, the more magical and miraculous it becomes. What I realized that day is that the present moment, it's almost like a portal or a, or a trap door. 
And on the other side, when we are no longer lost in our worried and distracted thoughts, there is a real world that's right in front of us. And there's, there is peace there. There is joy there. Just sitting there, waiting for you. And what I've learned since then is that 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 is true even when it's not a beautiful fall day in your backyard. I shared in my last sermon about how surprised I have been during these last 10 months of having a son with a brain tumor to have amid plenty of awful, worried moments, so many other moments full of deep peace and joy rising up from within me. How could that be, I wondered. But it's for the same reason that even when we're going through incredible challenges in our lives, whatever we are going through, the moment-by-moment unfolding of life is still almost always beautiful and alive and a gift. And it's our worry, the stories in our minds about what could happen that keep us from experiencing that. So whenever I feel fear and worry about what could be knocking on the door, I tell myself, whether by faith, surrender, or grace, I don't know, don't open the door and just be here. Be right here. Because right here is almost always okay. And at first I wondered if, I, if doing this was an attempt to escape from the reality of our situation. But I now see it the other way around. To be lost in imagined futures, be they terrible or fantastic, that's actually when we are escaping the simple present reality in front of us. And it also keeps us from being fully present to the very people we are so worried about. So, what if four or five times a day you tried to be fully present to just what's right in front of you? You don't have to be sitting on a meditation cushion. Maybe just try it when you're sitting quietly in the morning for a minute. Or when you're making the bed, just make the bed. Or when you're doing the dishes. Or putting the cap back on the toothpaste. Start small. Just be there. No judgment. Just relax. Try to come to a complete stop, even just a few times a day. Because it seems to me that it's only at that stop sign that we are ever going to experience the mystery. 
We can talk all day about God. But the experience of God is only ever going to happen in this moment. How amazing that the one thing that Jesus said we needed is something that can't be taken away from us because it's always right in front of us. Amen.